Grounded is an arts, wellness, and media brand that is rooted in healing through creativity and culture. Create space and time with Grounded and be inspired to lead a well-balanced life. Live your life authentically and freely with Grounded. Hello, beautiful beings. You are now tuning in to the Grounded Podcast, where we share your wellness, art, and lifestyle stories to connect and inspire. I'm your host, Bianca Yuzon Hanares, and we're coming at you today from EPX headquarters in Taguig, Metro Manila. Our next guest is an accomplished and versatile film and TV actress with critically acclaimed performances in films such as Ned's Project, Kulay Lila Ang Gabi, Historiographica Errata, We Will Not Die Tonight, Rigodon, and most recently, Verdict, the Philippines' official 2020 entry to the Oscars, in which she plays the lead role of an abused and battered wife seeking justice. Whether on her show Two Girls One Cup, at a simple gathering, hosting a wedding, or one of her infamous nights at Reserve, she can't help but be the life of the party, brimming with that magnetic energy you can't help but be drawn to. Her candor and spontaneity in revealing the ups and downs of her fitness life and love for both cooking and eating food are both inspiring and a breath of fresh air in the curated social media sphere. Just like her famed fairy tattoo named Penelope on her back, she is a dream weaver and a nurturer, the type of mother we all aspire to be. She's one of the strongest, most passionate, compassionate, and bewitchingly gorgeous women I know and have been so fortunate to have as my cooler older cousin growing up. Give it up for the slinkiest, the dazzling, and vivacious Max Eigenman. Hi, everyone. <laughs> you know, I have to say that that was the best intro ever. Thank you. I pride myself on my intros. <laughs> but it's all true. Thank you very and much. And we are so happy to have you here with us today at Grounded Radio. It's my pleasure. Let's dive right in. Okay, so for those who haven't heard, Verdict, the domestic abuse drama directed by Raymond Ribay Gutierrez and produced by Direct Brillante Mendoza, is the Philippines' official 2020 entry to the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Okay, when I read that news on Facebook, I was just like mind blown and so proud and so, so many people are just like, yeah, this is a story that needs to be heard, um, in which you star as Joy, a very battered and abused mother. So. Can you tell us about like how you're feeling right now and what it was like shooting the film? It was really exciting to be shooting the film, mainly because the process of both my producer and director is very, very different from any set I've been to. Um, they kind of like the spontaneity of a scene, so I wasn't allowed to read the script. Wow. Yes. We are given the plot in the beginning of, of course, before shooting, I'm given the plot and my character synopsis and all that. But I am given a situation, and then I just have to kind of, they give me key points of what I, what the key sentence that I have to say, and then the rest is just all action and, and me. So that was a really um, awesome process because my guide was myself. Right. And how I'm feeling right now with regard to the movie being the official entry to the Oscars, honestly, I don't think it's sunk in yet. I'm super overwhelmed until today. That's that's pretty much it. It's, I'm bursting with joy, but at the same it's time, surreal. it's surreal. Like, it, yeah, it's it's really <laughs> surreal. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, Verdict also won the um, how do you pronounce this? Horizonte <laughs> Special Jury Prize at the 76th Venice International Film Festival just last month. What was the experience like for you, like going there and like being with all these amazing film trivia? I chose not to see my film here because I wanted to see it in the big screen. And the very, very first ever world premiere of our movie was in Venice. So I got to see my movie for the first time. With everyone else there. With everyone else there in Venice. And it was pretty amazing because the cinema seats a thousand people. And it was completely packed when I walked in. And just being applauded for your work, especially after, in the, in the end, was another, I'm going to use a word again, super overwhelming. And the... The feeling of walking into a room for the press call, for the press call and the press conferences, and they were asking me to like kind of like look at look here, look here, look here. It was, I've never experienced anything like that, and it's truly one for the books. And you feel the like real time appreciation for your craft and everything, because I mean they experienced it with you. So after that, it, yeah, it must have been really overwhelming. And, and it's super inspiring. Also, it makes me want to work harder. Honestly, that that's that's the number one thing that that it. it made me feel. So that's something you brought back with you coming home. 
Yes. And with all the press and attention this film is getting, what message do you hope it will convey to the public like regarding domestic abuse or how certain things can be improved with the current judicial systems? Because you were telling me the other day that a lot of your co-stars were real life like social workers and they worked in those they they yeah, also stood as the consultants for the script right so it was pretty cool um well honestly i have to say before i answer that that it's actually a an honor to have been chosen to play the part because one of the points of why my director wrote this film is because he wanted to have a voice for those women and more often than not, it happens so much. And not just in the Philippines, but all over the world. Sadly. And I think that a message that I'm getting goosebumps. And I'm getting a bit sad. But um, one message that I could give is that it's always okay to ask for help. Because more often than not, these women are afraid. Right. And I think that that would be the best advice for me to give. Because the, the trauma that they feel can also stop them from not saying anything. So I hope that when they do find that voice to say something and ask for help, that they should go for it and do it. Yeah, because I'm sure there are a lot of factors. Like aside from, you know, them being oppressed at home, it's like you want to keep the family together. All and, these things. Yeah, and it's 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 such a it's, it's also sad because it's a long process also to go through something like that. As as, as you've seen in the film, and I, I really yeah I I really hope that those people who have the power to help those women, even men. I mean, domestic mm -hmm. abuse is not. Right. solely just for women and children it, it, it also yeah. happens to men right i wish that i really hope that those people who have the power to help these people would actually go out of their way and not and not just treat every situation like a like a document like oh you're done for the day i just i wish that people or would like a general one. template like okay exactly like you fit in this exactly. box exactly stamp, stamp, stamp. exactly to make it a little bit more personal because it could happen to anyone their daughter their their, their sister their brother yeah and it so is there. happening so yep Having been on set with people, uh, like I mentioned, who are involved in situations like the one you portrayed, was there anything new that you learned that you were shocked to find out, like certain laws or the, or the way things are run locally? Because you were there in depth every day, like at that courthouse or in these barangays. Like, did you learn anything new? The most interesting conversation I had with regard to the people that played themselves was the policewoman at the women's desk. This is the one that processes your inquest and your report. So you have to do a blotter first, right, at the barangay. And then you go to the women's desk. I, 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 I asked her a few questions because that's her job. She actually takes cases like that on a daily basis. And what shocked me the most is how often the same person comes forward to report something and how much more often it is for them to take it back because of fear. Oh, you mean they take it back? Yeah, they, like they, they, they like, I'm, I'm, never mind. I won't push through with the process. I'll, I'll, I'm done here. They discontinue the they case? Yes. Oh, no. Like, they decide, no, I decided to go back. I decided not to do anything. I'm afraid. I decided to do this for my children. That, that's, that shocked me. And what, did she, what can she say or do? Like, convince them nothing? Of course, a lot of the extras were real people. Because there's a term called guerrilla shoot, mm -hmm. which means cameras are placed. None of the extras are told that there's an actor among them. Mm. And I was wearing all the prosthetics and all that. And I yeah. walked through the, I walked inside the office because there was actually a crowd that was going to be reporting stuff on their own. And, I mean, of course, they were shocked to see me there because my face was all beat up. But the shock wasn't enough. It, it, the shock was more like, oh, another one of those. Like, oh, oh Mrs. Ano nangyari? And then that's Nako, it. Yeah, that's it. There's no sincere concern because it's, it's like, it happens often. It's like another day, another one. Oh yes. And these are by the bystanders, not by the cops. The bystanders who were there to report. And oh. who had no idea you were like yeah, acting. they had no idea. Wow, that does give me chills. Yep. Oh. Well, I was fortunate enough to catch a very special screening hosted by Direct Paul Soriano this Thank week. You, Direct Paul. <laughs> And I was as stunned and blown away by everyone, like everyone else, with your performance. It was funny because this was a character who was so mahinhin and held back and careful. Very different from real life Max Eigenman, who isn't afraid to speak her mind. Can you tell us what your creative process was like? Like stepping into her shoes, did you have to like strip away parts of yourself? Or did you, I don't know, did you interview people? Okay, trivia. Verdict was derived from, we, we, we did a short film first back in early 2018 it was called judgment the premise was the same it was a, a, an abused woman going through the court and but it was a 15 minute short uh -huh. and we decided my, my production and my director decided to make a full length but when we shot the full length we didn't use any of the material from the first one and when i look back to that particular performance it's so different from the joy here because 
joy is supposed to be, like you said, really de- not demure. Demure is not the word. No, More like she's subdued. just reserved. Yeah. Yes. And the most difficult part of me, <laughs> part, the part for me, was to take away how I would say a certain line. Right. Because, you know, for example, when she was, yeah. when she was telling... Yes. When she... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> when she was telling the story about um, what happened to her and her husband at the women's desk. Mm-hmm. The first time I, I tried to attack the scene, I was like, eh, kasi naman yan. <laughs> And then when I watched it, I was like, oh boy, she doesn't look like she's abused. She looks like, it looks like she's the one who's abusing the husband. Yeah, no. It, it, and it became more apparent to me mm-hmm. how to become her when I stripped that li- little by little. And you know what? Honestly, when I was shooting this film, I was getting into a lot of fights with ants. Oh man! And okay. I didn't do it in purpose, because I would bring home that that you bring sadness. Home that character, yes. Um, with regard, just to answer quickly your question about preparing for it, I am on. I don't know if any other actor does this, but for me, because I don't like over analyzing a role until I'm playing it already. Okay. So if so, that's why I really appreciated the the. The process of direct brillante because I didn't get to over review my character, and then when I was put in the situation, and all I had to myself is knowing Joy is an abused wife, and all she wants to do is fight for her kids. That's all I had about my character. There's no lines behind it. I had to go 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 at it on my own, and I think that's what made me made made the performance come out at at its best. Because you were living in the moment. Yes, and we could really see that. Thank so you. Amazing, and congratulations. Thank again. you so much, V. Does this um, depend on the character you're taking on per project and like you said, the process of the director or it's just really how you like the role, more like in the moment? It, every character is different, but the fact that I don't like overreading my script, when of course I'm given a script with every project I've ever done before, I'm always given the script beforehand. Mm-hmm. I, I personally don't like overreading it and I don't like over-rehearsing with my co-actors. I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah, It's just how it works for me. Um, I feel that when I read my script too much and try to memorize my lines too much, unless it's a different language or if, if I'm asked to, to say it verbatim, I feel like that the magic of delivering it goes away because I'm too busy trying to remember what the, what the paper says. Or do it like exactly perfectly in your head. So what, yeah. I, what I do is I study the scene from right before. I, I, I want to know the, 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 where you're coming from. Yes, exactly. That's, that's, how, it, that's how it works for me. I don't just deliver what's on the paper. I want to know like where it's coming from, where it's going. Nice. So that's how I'm able to um, express it in the way that I do. Backstory and all that. <laughs> um, side uh, side fact, side okay. comment. We had Ronnie Lazaro, who oh, did Goldman, on the podcast. And he was talking to us about how people wear masks, whether you're an actor or not. More often so, like if you're an actor, you play a certain role, like he says, he'll play like this really douchey cop. And like, so for the whole day on set, he'll be channeling that energy of just being like a horrible person. And if he doesn't watch it, like you said, like you were having fights, um, he can bring it home sometimes. Like, so he has to make sure like everyone has a different way of like kind of ejecting from that role. But he says, we just all have to be aware. And he said, same goes for non-actors, like his wife. She's a Spanish teacher. And sometimes when she comes home, she treats him like a student. And it's funny because she'll be just like, like, uh, like don't put your hand. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what she says. But he has to tell her just like, hey, like we're home now. It's safe to let that go. And just interesting because you mentioned. It, 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 actually, that's one of, one of my personal struggles is how to turn it off. Sometimes I can't deal. I go home and I just cry myself to sleep. Yeah. I feel like crying right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm like, not like Heath Ledger. Yeah. yeah, so you really just have to have like a safety evacuation process, yeah. ejection I'm, process. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. lucky to have support system. Like, whenever that happens, I always call my aunt or my brother. I always call Tita Shuri or Timmy, my brother. And in line with that, having come from a family of phenomenal actors, was there a particular moment or turning point you can share with us in your life that made you realize you wanted to become an actor or like, this is what I'm meant to be doing? Like, did someone show you a film or did they take you on set one day and you were just like, oh, I love this. Like, what was that moment for you? Um, you know, th- this is such a funny question because I actually remember the moment that I decided. As in the specific, I even remember what I was wearing. Oh I was my on my way to a children's party. Sandro okay. was a year old at that time. Wow. And I, of course, before he was born, I was doing a lot of commercials. 
And um, I kind of wanted to, I felt that I was, I wanted to rebel against the artista thing. And I was, I want to, I want to be my own you person. Were like, that was the height of your modeling, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And then I had Sandro. And I remember I was on my way to a children's park. I don't remember why I was thinking about work suddenly. I remember I was like in a moment, I was at the front seat. Sandra and I were in the back. I was wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> and then I just told myself, I think I'm going to give it a shot. I don't know where the thought came from, but I remember the exact moment because I've never thought about wanting to, to give acting a shot before. I think it was because I was running out of options to, for lead roles in modeling because I, had, I was doing so many commercials one after the other. So my face was getting, the term is gas gas. Yeah, because you're not supposed to be seen so much. Yeah, so, th- so when cast, casters see you, you're like, gas gas ting next, and we want a new face. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, I mean, this, this happened during my time when I was active. And I was like, maybe I should give this a shot. Why not? I went to my first audition. I was, my, my dad brought me. He waited at the coffee shop downstairs in ABS. And then I read the script once. And then the moment I walked into the room and I saw the camera and a bunch of people, it made me so nervous. But when they said action, for some reason, I felt so at ease. And I was like, this is for me. Oh, so there, that's, that's the yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's such a good story. I didn't even know that. So thank you for sharing no, that. I, I, I wouldn't have remembered unless you asked me. Yeah, no, it's just because like, I remember you were saying like how your dad would bring Stevie to just all his films. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I thought about that. Okay. <laughs> and what, what inspires you? The usual question. My children. Because at the end of the day, my movies are my work. It's my bread and butter. It's my career and my profession at the same time. I mean, um, so they're what inspires me. Because sometimes, especially with the fact that I'm in my 30s and I'm getting older. So, I mean, yes, there are many versatile roles for a 30-year-old. But there are also a lot of roles that I can no longer play. Um, sometimes, especially, and, and you know that doing a movie and doing a show is not every single day. So there are a lot of pauses. And sometimes that really, like, it gets disheartening. And then I look at my kids and I see them and I and I tell myself, would I ever want them to lose inspiration in what they love? Why am I getting emotional? Oh my gosh. No, it's all good. <laughs> it's a safe space. <clears throat> oh. So if I give up on my dreams, then they would think that it would be okay for them to give up theirs. So yeah. they're my inspiration. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're okay. Okay. Oh, thank you for being so open with <laughs> us. Um, Bea Constantino, we just had her on the last episode mm-hmm. of, the, of Grounded Radio. She was sharing the same thing wherein like, because she's a freelance stylist and like you have weeks or months where you're just like, go, 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 shoot till 4 a.m. And then you have lulls. You'll have two yeah. weeks and then she'll go on social media and kind of feel that pressure because everyone else is working. Like stylists will post like coming from a shoot. But she learned how to like, love herself throughout and also like find the inspiration within herself and it's a really long story but yeah embracing the struggles truly makes you appreciate your craft so much more i believe so oh my god (laughs) (laughs) what whoa (laughs) oh my gosh are we both crying (laughs) oh my god this is like a first Wow, that just like hit me because I was like, oh my god, in the music cr- industry too. Okay. Okay. So belated happy birthday. Thank you. What are some of the differences or like positive changes, you know, you look forward to to being in your 30s as compared to being in your 20-something years? Like. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> well, definitely there's a huge difference of those two decades. I'm still in the beginning of my 30s. But if there's one thing that I could say, hitting my 30s made me kind of more allergic to a lot of crap <laughs> sorry yeah. i mean no it's cool sorry let, let me let me let me rephrase that um getting into my 30s made me realize a lot of the things a lot of things that mattered to me when i was younger really doesn't you know like and basically in my 20s i blew my money on a lot of useless stuff and now in my 30s i know what's important <laughs> Shoes? Just kidding. No, I only ask because a lot of people say that when you're in your 20s, you're looking to find who you are. You're trying to figure but things I'm out. I'm more sure of myself Your now. place that's, in the world, That's right. definite. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, I got I got enough from... Anyway. So, yes, definitely my 20s. Um, it's more like, you're right, finding yourself. I tried so many things. I went into styling. I went into makeup. I went into... Modeling, of course, I went. You managed our band for a bit. I managed your band. You know, I I I wanted to see. I I 
everything that gave me a little bit of inspiration at one point, I always went out of my way to take that and see if it will make me stay in love with it forever. So, and of course, by the time I hit 30s, I realized, my 30s, I realized what I love the most. Of course, number one are my children. My acting, I love to act. I really do. And I really, really love to cook. Yeah. So those are my three. I realized that those are the things that mattered most to me in my heart. So there, that's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And like, we all love your cooking. So Thank you. <laughs> if you could write a letter to teenage Max, and this is so funny because Casas was laughing about it earlier. He read the, the questions. If you could write a letter to teenage Max, looking at the world through your current lens, what would you tell her? I would tell her to slow the F down. <laughs> no, because when I was a teenager, and you know this, I was in, I was in such a rush to grow up. I wanted mm-hmm. to work agad. I mean, I, I started working straight off of high school because I really, really yeah. just wanted to take the world. Yeah. And, you know, apparently, and then when I hit my 20s, I realized, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on. I want to have fun. So that's basically it. Slow it down. You will get there. So, And I'm here now. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> you made it in your own time. You seem to be so naturally confident, and this translates in the way you project yourself, like online and offline. Here at Grounded, we're constantly trying to find the balance and having like a healthy relationship with social media, which we all know can be a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. What advice can you give, especially to those who are struggling to stay afloat in the digital age due to like cyberbullying or comparing each other on Instagram? You know how sometimes you open your feed and it's like everything's shiny and yeah. perfect and polished and yeah. Um, one thing's for sure, nothing is better or more beautiful, for me especially, than being yourself. Because the moment you start, for example, like, have you ever heard of the term Finsta? Yes, that's like super in now, where they have two Instagrams. Yeah, one is curated, the other one isn't. And for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's their choice if they want to have both. But for me, I believe that a safe place in social media would just be a cross between the two because you're both you're a little bit of both anyway right Right. and with regard to bullying naman what the best advice I could give is that you really just have to learn how to block them out block them out because those comments say more about those people than you that's so true yeah and you know you can't please everybody even if sometimes we try to like let's say we release this and someone says something it's just like Oh, okay. But then again, it's easier said than done. Because, like, you can read, like, I just have to share. Like, one time, I think I performed somewhere. And then someone said something about, like, because I had green hair. And they're just like, who's this alien? And I thought about I it. I think that's a compliment. Yeah, I know. In hindsight, You're like a now, goddess. No, now I'm just like, aliens are cool, you know. But at that moment, like, it, no, they said it in a snarky way. Like, sino tong alien na tong stage? And I'm just like, huh. But I was just like, no, you know what? I'm going to stick to my green hair and, like, own it. So just things like that and I feel like we all go through that how do you stay present and grounded especially in the entertainment industry my children they're the ones that make me feel so I I like the ordinariness of our lives the cooking the meals I'm gonna cry again (laughs) cooking the meals getting into arguments about why they're late for school making sure that they get a high grade I love that I love that ordinary thing Mm-hmm. I love it. The magic of the mundane. Yes, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And, you know, Anthony, I love him. You know, despite, I mean, he's an artist as well. Yeah. But I really also love the fact that no matter um, what comes my way with regard to my job, my children, he's just 100% there. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's just that, that, that support, no matter how minuscule, means <laughs> the world, means the, the world to me. <laughs> Okay, speaking um, like on motherhood, later on we're going to bring the grounded founder herself, Marika, because she is a mother and she's expecting and she has a few questions for you and I know you guys have known each other growing up, so yeah, I'm excited for that. Yay! <laughs> More tears. <laughs> Most probably. <laughs> and now moving on, your fitness journey has been so inspiring. You pretty much post about it on the daily and we love watching your stories. How has your attitude towards fitness changed over the years? Okay, well, when I was younger, fitness to me was more of a cure for when I would feel bad about my how, what I ate that day. To like compensate. Yeah, to, or, or <laughs> you know, like, I mean, growing up when you're in your teens, when you're in your early 20s, you're kind of, there's a lot of insecurities there. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was it was like a, a quick fix. And then I'd stop again. And then when, when I'd, I'd feel good after that day, and then I'd stop again for another six months. Now, it's more like the, the whole exercise and eating healthier. I mean, don't get me wrong. I eat a lot of junk too, guys. Okay, just like anybody else. But the, con- the, the conscious effort to eat cleaner food, to, to, to um, add more exercise in my, in my daily life, is more part of me now. It's part of my life. It's also um, something that I'm doing for myself so that I could stay healthy also for my kids. So that's that's the whole outlook. I I absolutely love it. It's also now it's like it's my um it's my personal me time. Love it. Yes. So yeah, it gives me that you know boost of happiness and joy on a daily basis. Do you find that you like look for it when that's yes. when you skip a day of working out or a week? You're just like oh, I need to get back on. When I mean when when I get sick, that's the thing that I'm not gonna be able to work out. Totally no. understand how you feel. That's the worst part. I like, in, I injured my foot last year. I I um. I sprained a toe. I wasn't able to work out for properly for about two months. But I would do yoga mm-hmm. with one leg up. <laughs> I would I would modify because I just I, I couldn't not do something. Mm-hmm. So yes, I definitely crave for the exercise high all the time. Nice. And what advice can you give to those who are hesitant to start working out? It can you know how it can be pretty intimidating. There's so many things now, and like with cycling or yeah. CrossFit. Um, it can be a bit disheartening, especially for people who are starting out and don't see results right away. With that, you have to understand that everything is a process. I I totally, by the way, guys, just so you guys know, I totally understand the whole point of it being intimidating because I used to be very big. Mm -hmm. After I gave birth to my second child, Massey, I gained about 85 pounds. My gosh. And he was only 5 pounds. So plus all the water and the blood and everything, I, I, I only lost about 10 or 12 pounds after giving birth. So, and then I, I didn't do anything about it. So I stayed quite big for, for 4 years because I was this hard. And I was like, oh no, I'm, 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 this is going to be how I'm going to look forever. And then one exercise wouldn't make me bulge on the weight. Yeah, you just have to embrace the process. Mm-hmm. And don't get into it because you hate yourself. You have to embrace who you are today. That's how you'll be able to, to um, get on that journey. Just don't stop. And on the contrary, you get into it because you love yourself. Like yes. you said, now it's your you time. Yes. Same. Like when I like when I roll out the yoga mat, I'm just like, oh, so relieved already. And if you don't if you don't enjoy a specific exercise, don't be afraid to try something new. Um, I also recommend asking a friend to join you mm. because that's one of the reasons also why it it slowly became part of my life because I found a group that was so into it and you know that energy translates to me too and I keep them close now I love them hi guys <laughs> and it's fun and you keep each other like on track yeah, and inspired and we do brunch I'm, I'm, a, I'm a closet tita guys I really am <laughs> oh my gosh and what do you find works best for your body in terms of well we don't like this word but diet or like eating um, food choices okay <laughs> everything in moderation I, I have to admit that I have my moments where I you know like I kind of like really um, overindulge myself like when I'm on vacation and that's perfectly okay because the moment I start stopping myself from everything all the time then that's that makes me just feel so sad Mm -hmm. so everything in moderation guys whatever works for you also for me what works for me is I eat clean at home and then when I eat out I don't watch myself when I eat out you just enjoy but at home I eat clean so that works for me and um, you mentioned earlier you you had a go to like clean eating snack, which was yes. Um, I have this friend who makes gr- the best keto buns I've ever had, and um, so I have that at home. I I just you know cook your eggs in any. I love eggs. I could eat like six of them every day for the rest of my. They're they're just so good. So c- eggs cooked any way you like, about two, and then a keto bun, no butter, nothing like that, and a cup of green tea. Nice. <laughs> like coffee bean, green tea. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so you also happen to be a great cook and you find cooking therapeutic, like you said earlier. I mean, because I asked you, do you want to eat out for dinner or do you want to cook? And you're like, I want to cook because it's, like, it's therapeutic for me. What are some of your favorite go-to dishes for a hearty but healthy meal? Hearty but healthy meal. Okay. I've actually made this for you before. Mm-hmm. I made you my turmeric butter chicken with 
rice. Yes, with with rice or adlai. Or you can you can choose whatever. You can, it could be brown. It could be it could be. I really love quinoa, but um, if if I don't like cooking it on its own, I love putting herbs and everything. But if you have to ask me a specific dish that I love to cook for people mm-hmm. that's hearty and healthy, it would definitely be the charred broccoli. <laughs> I taught oh, you that recipe. Yeah. And my baked salmon, Tuscan butter salmon. So it's, you know, there's a little bit of, 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 of indulgence there. I replace the cream with soy milk just to like add a little bit of, of um, cream in there. Mm-hmm. And then tomatoes and, and um, uh, spinach and parsley and basil and then salmon and then lemon juice. It's so good. That and you, sounds, can have it, uh, you can have it with rice oh or gosh. pasta or bread or just, or just that. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's so funny, like you talking about food, your face lit up. You're just like, oh. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna, now I want to cook. <laughs> Do you think preparing your own food helps you stay on course with your fitness goals? Um, yes, definitely, because you know what, what you're putting in there. You're, you know what you know what you're, you're putting so you get, you get to measure it but you know on it sometimes I also don't trust myself because sometimes I over I over season but definitely <laughs> but I'm, I'm just speaking honestly um, preparing your own food would definitely be the best option for watching your your diet for clean eating mainly because exactly that you know what what you put in it you know you know how you, you can um, make bawas the salt stuff like that so there and now we'd like to call on Grounded founder Marika to talk about motherhood with Max. Hey, hey, hey Marika. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me into your conversation. Yeah. Yeah, glad to. Yeah. I'm happy to see you. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm actually so excited to sit down with you because we haven't seen each other in so long. Yes. Wow. And every time we see each other, it's... It's brief. Yeah, and we're always just passing yeah. and saying hi. Mm-hmm. Like, Kingdom yeah. or the weddings yeah. or just... I remember seeing you at Tally Beach concert. Yes. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. yeah Tally yeah. inside. Yeah, and I think you just gave birth also. Yes, to Massey. Yeah. I remember that. Definitely. Yes, so that was like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah. I'm going to kind of just dive into the question. Um, I want to talk about being a young mom because like you, I, I'm a young mom too. I remember when she became a young mom or a mom, Everyone, people talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she has a kid, and this and that. And then so a few years later, that was me. So how was it like being a mom in our society, in our culture? You know, how... Not being married and all that. Yes. And we wanted to talk about that term, right? Out yeah. of wedlock. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, let's how look. old were you? When okay, you... I was 17 when I got pregnant with Sandro. Um, I gave birth at 18. I turned, I turned 18. I was four months pregnant. So I gave birth at 18 and um, I think that with regard to how that looks to society, of course I knew that I knew how it looked. It didn't bother me as much as one would think because I had a, I mean, I grew up in a blended family. I have half siblings. I have, um, uh, you know, I, I have half siblings. I mean, some of them were, were born when my dad didn't marry their mom or, you know, mm-hmm. so I had that really solid support system from my dad. Especially my dad. I, I love you. So with regard to that, it didn't bother me as much. And I didn't feel also any pre- pressure naman from, from the guy's family. That, oh, you need to get married or, or, or anything like that. But for me, I mean, if there's something that I have to say about that, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a young mom. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And the term out of wedlock. I think I mean that's so old school, right? Yeah. I think that it's it, I, I think that it's exactly that old school, and I think that it's no longer relevant. I mean, there are so many people now who are having children without even having right. partners by choice, yeah. by choice, right? Own, yeah. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what anybody said about it, Sandra was the best thing that ever happened to me. He really came at the right time, despite the struggles that it came with being young. He came at the right time. I'm gonna cry. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lot. So, yeah. Even when when we when I got pregnant, I guess I felt like I didn't come from a mixed family or anything. So my struggle was like I felt like I, I disappointed my parents at some level. But at the end of the day they were so supportive. So I think it's really important to have like a good solid support system and you're so lucky to have your family they're so colorful, but you guys are so solid. You can really feel the love and see that they're there for each other. 
Thanks, did Marika. Did you feel like, um, did you feel the pressure and how did you deal with it? Because you were in college, right? Yeah, and I was also very insecure. So just at that age where I was actually happy. I was happy when I, when I found out. I was I was happy. But then I guess it's it's the comments that you get on the way. I agree. Right? And then it, it kind of, like, it kind of, oh, it kind it's of, like question, it, you make it, you, then you, you question, question yourself. your happiness. Yes. Exactly. Then you question your happiness. It's like, I thought I was okay and I was good. And yung pala, ah, it's, that's how it's looked at pala. Or that's how I'm being perceived as. So those are the things that really hurt. Comment from, I guess sometimes also you have to accept that there's a generational gap also. So you All have, right. yeah, you know, the older generation. They see things differently. Three generations apart, they see things differently. They can't unlearn or and sometimes they're just so tactless. People can yeah. be so tactless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and I, I don't, I don't actually think it's just a Filipino trait. I think it's mm. everywhere. People, because of that, because of that generation gap. But it's, but surprisingly, I would also get comments before from people in our generation. Oh really? Yes, me too. Really? Me too. Yeah. Me too. Okay. And then okay, so it's it's that being a young, uh, a young parent or having it, doing it on your own, being a single mom, and then there's also that image of like. I don't want to say the word. But like, I know what word you're saying. Yeah, you're thinking. you know, but yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, somebody, somebody asked me maybe just two years ago, how did you end up with two kids? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. So you know the word I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and, and the I'm guys, like, I'm like, what when the you, guys what are you implying? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So when yeah. the guys talk to you, the guys it's talk like, to you, and they they imply something like that. I'll spell it out. It's the S-L-U-T word. Yeah, so yeah. promiscuous, basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so there's that also. The okay. parang, parang, your, your, your stereotype. Yeah. Okay. Which is fun, which is, <laughs> sorry, I find it, I find it really, the hilarity of it, of how it doesn't connect. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah, but, but she's right. There's, there's that label that some people kind of associate, you know, p- young moms like us. Mm-hmm. Because of you know but getting as time pregnant went early, by, like you learned how to deal with it more, or just not care, or how do you? Yeah, of course. Like, you you we get older, we get wiser, but it's it's still painful. Of course, of course. yeah, it's yeah. still painful, and and, and you don't you remember it. Yeah, you remember the people who mm-hmm. mentioned comments in passing like that to me. I, you don't forget those things. Yep, mm-hmm. that's true, and it's always about the the, the mom. Not, exactly. You know what they mean? Yes. Not our partners, yeah. but it's yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 the that's one of the things that comes with being a young mom, talaga. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Oh. But you know. Yeah. So you were seventeen. Mm-hmm. That's young. And how did you feel, especially at that age? You know, we're kind of we're exploring, we're adventuring, we're kind of enjoying life. Our social life is so important at the mm-hmm. time. Friends mm-hmm. are your world. Relationships. Mm-hmm. How was it like to date while you were? pregnant or while you were uh, just given birth and how was it like also like how did the dynamics or relationship change with your friends was there suddenly like a wall or a gap because you know you can't as close as you are they suddenly can't relate yes definitely or you can't relate to them I was the only one among all of my friends who had a kid I mean I, I, I was a teenager um, well, with regard to my partner at the time, we, we stayed together for about four years, five years after. Um, okay. Sa- uh, we we stayed, we were together for all of five years. We had sa- I got pregnant with Sandro on our first before we turned year one. <laughs> anyway, um, I spent so much more time at home. But what changed the most out of with that b- being very young was that we were forced suddenly to look for work. Because we didn't want to rely on anyone. Um, but your question about... That your date, partner was, is older. Yeah, was he, older. he was older. Yeah. He was 10 years older. He was, he was working already. But of course, like, um, it had to be like double time. Right. I, 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 I wasn't acting it. I was doing a lot of commercials. That really helped. But I, 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 was, I was an accessory designer before. I was a wire artist. Did you know that? I used to work for Saco Beads. Yes, I remember. No, I, I remember that. Yeah, so cool. yeah. For about a year. I, 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 would, I, w- I was a wire artist. Yeah, that was like my first official like, job mm-hmm. that's not like commercials or stuff like that. And um, with friends, naman, when, I was, when I had Sandra, I kind of gravitated towards more of my ex's friends because they were older. They were getting married na. Some of them had kids. Because we're, we were 10 years apart. So they were all in their late 20s. Right. You're on the same, like... Yes. Same. So ah. I gravitated to- towards hanging out with them more. Because, you know, my, 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 my baby had playmates. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So that those were the changes. Of course, 
um, a lot of my friends that I knew from high school, I probably didn't see or hang out with any of them during the time, the first formative years of Sandro. Mm-hmm. Like it's now lang again, like in my 30s or maybe in my late 20s. But yeah, that to answer your question, of course it affects the, those people. They also don't want to hang out with me. They, they think I'm boring or I have to right. go home early yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, they're... Yeah, I'm just, I was the same. I felt it was really isolating because I was in college. Everyone was partying and having fun and I wanted to do that too. So it was, I was still a bit young and selfish. So I was dealing with a lot. It's like living between two worlds. Yes, or like no, I, 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 I did that too. Don't worry, Marika. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. So even until now, mm-hmm. a lot of my friends still don't have children. I mean, I have many friends now, so my husband's friends and who are parents, and so I have, I still have that close circle of friends, and I have friends who are married now and have kids. But a lot of my good close friends don't have kids, mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, the way they perceive you, yes, is you can tell that it's like their friend. Her life is, parang they think. Life is so different. Not in a bad way, but uh-huh. there's all these like you're giving up so much of yourself because you're a mom. Right? Yeah. You're letting go of this lifestyle or the, um, the way they are. So, parang even when I talk to them sometimes, and as close as we are, like I do feel that the way they look at me is different. Mm-hmm. And there's this wall that you can't, no matter how much you try to explain, that I'm still the same person. Exactly. It's like you're not giving up. You're not letting things go you're just you're actually gaining yes anything anything. yes yes and i was just telling my friend this yesterday to my other friend who was was about to get married and we were talking about it and i said you know everything that this like a family life can offer you which it really cheapens everything else like the value it adds to your life oh yeah Yeah. that's true exciting (laughs) exciting oh this is (laughs) okay cool well now you guys make me want well i've always wanted to have boys so hopefully you have so many yeah they are yeah Yeah. my god they stink too just kidding yeah oh my gosh yeah enjoy the first four years when they smell teenager guys angelic still yeah the first four years yeah and then suddenly they have real teeth like <laughs> Bad breath. <laughs> What's it like um, having a teenager? Like, what are the changes aside from the whole texting? Oh boy. And- um, you know what? It's you know when we were teenagers and we meet adults like our aunts or our moms who try to relate to us in certain ways, and we're like, "What are you saying?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the other side. I know. I think that's oh how we all God. feel now. Seriously, I'm the crazy tito. Yeah, or or, or or I'm I'm the like I'm I'm the I'm the uncool mom. Like yeah. I'm 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 cracking a joke, and he goes. Stop! But you're the coolest. So I can't imagine. <laughs> he doesn't think so. He thinks oh. I'm so. Whenever his friends say that I'm super cool, he's like, "No, she's not." <laughs> so funny. Being a mom, you really learn so much about yourself. You yeah, know, it's like, true. You have the way your your children look at you. Your children's friends look at yeah. you. When I'm hanging out with all the kids, and I'm like what they think of me I'm Sati's mom who's like getting mad at them and telling them you know guys when I was your age oh my and I'm like God. I can't believe I'm saying yeah. that but it's and true you, you say it often and I'm like I can't believe I just said that. and I, I would actually say, but not 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 someone to his friends but when I say something to someone younger you know when I was your age yeah, it can't, it can't be helped and it makes you think about how like your parents would tell you like Suge when you're a mom like you're gonna know what it feels oh, like. Oh, that that, oh, that, that, that recursed in my head Ooh. all the time, and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is what she meant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Max, you're su- you have such a dynamic personality. You're an actress. You're a mom. Um, you have a loving relationship with your partner, Anne, who's a DJ. I'm sure you guys mentioned that mm-hmm. a while ago. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, a really good DJ. How do you find balance with all of it? Because even me, I still struggle with time management, and the few chapters of my life like if it's like a month of good time management i'm like yes you know and then you kind of fall back like well me i fall back again yes so like how do you manage all of it there are like you said there are good days and bad days sometimes i feel like there's there's also guilt that comes with that honestly because sometimes i feel like i'm giving more time with something but all these things because are important to me it can't just be one thing because if one thing has more than the other 
how do I explain this? It's this is so hard. Um, sorry. Let's go back to your question. How do I manage? Um, with regard to my work, of course, managing that time that, that when when I have work when I'm doing movies and and soaps. I don't hold a lot of my time. So every time I know that I'm, I have that and I'm blocked off for a certain thing, I make sure that my kids are taken care of with regard to school, transportation, and all that. So that's that's already like a norm for me. With regard to my work at night, like with my promotions and my mar- my marketing and events, mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough that I share the same line of work with Ant. So that's also time for us together. That's great. Yeah. So the like, yeah. um, I get to see, like when I do my events, and he goes to all of my events. Not a single one has, unless unless he has a gig somewhere, he'll go to, like, to every single one. Aww. Yeah, he really does. Like there was, there was a time that I was working for a club for about six months. I was doing their PR. So I would have to be there four times a week. And this particular place is not as... Um, not the same crowd at all as Reserve or, or, or any of the places that we hang out with. So, you know, people there were really like my direct customers. They're, they're not my friends or my peers. He would go every single time. That's amazing. To spend time also with me because, you know, during the day I have so much stuff to do. Or, and you know what we do? We don't live together, diba? So, we do like once a month. Two, two days like that. Yeah. Um, and then with my kids, when I'm free, when I don't have work at home and I have a lot of time at home, I really always make it a point to make them meals. That's my way of showing my love. Aww. I mean, a lot of people have different... Is that your love language? Yeah, it's my love language. It's really, it's, it's, yeah, 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 it's really... Cooking. I'm, I'm so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the, when it comes to the kids, talaga. but yeah, that's my love language. Like driving them to school, cooking for them. Somebody told me one time, you can't just cook them every day and expect them to feel loved. Somebody told me that. And I was like, yes, you can. I was like, but that's my way. And and then parang. Because because love language, how how you show it, is also different from or the love language of a person of how they like to receive it. Yes. And I I know my kids love it because I know also when they're they're wanting the that that for me to show my because they always say. And of course you are their mother. Mama, you're can their you mother. cook me this? Can you cook Aww. me that? Yeah. Can you cook me that? Yeah. There was this yeah. one time I, we were talking about who the best driver was in the in the family. My mom was there. My my little brother who's, who has a license now. My older brother, and then me. And then we were all arguing among us who was the best driver between the four of us. And then my I, I asked Massey, Massey, don't you think I'm a good driver? And then he just goes, "You're a really good cook." <laughs> oh my! Oh, I gosh, love how he was able to yeah. just yeah. give you a positive yeah. comment. <laughs> Just being like, no. <laughs> it's really sweet. Yeah, so that's 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 yeah. my love language. Oh, I kind of just wanted to touch on what you were saying earlier about guilt. Actually, there's this thing called mom guilt. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. So when you become a mom, it's just your life is never it's not about you anymore, right? So I think no matter what you do, even if it's for yourself, there's always that that thought that you have to fight in the back of your head that like you're not supposed to be doing this you're supposed to be at home with the kids or there's mom guilt even if you're out and there's also mom shame and there's other moms but you have to fight it yeah you you have to be able to to know like to really know that you're doing what's best for you and you can't take care of your child if you're you're not taking care of yourself you know there's there's a saying and i'm sure you've heard this um a child doesn't need a perfect mom they need a happy one wow yeah i believe that i no, i I really believe believe that. that You can't yeah. you can't give what you don't have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you have to give love to yourself first. And you know, and and you know honestly, cup. I mean just just to just to um go back to the topic about being a happy one. I also notice and this is also a combination of mom guilt and 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 all that. I notice that when I'm when I'm feeling down with regard to the other aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. For example, work, relationships or 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 just just how I feel about myself for that moment because, you know, it comes, right? I tend to treat the people around me in not the best way. There are times talaga, that I, I, I express myself or I overreact to certain things when, it, when it's actually coming from a personal thing that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with them. And that also, that also come, that's also part of the mom guilt part for, my, for me. Because, you know, like, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. And mom, yeah. Or like, like the mom guilt is real. It's like Mm -hmm. how I react to my son. And even though in my head, I'm like, I know I should not be reacting like this, but can't help it. And and knowing, and Bianca knows this about me. We grew up together. I'm I'm very, um, mabilis ako mas stress. 
So when I when I oh my gosh, we do. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I get stressed. We're very like react. I, I think we got it from our moms. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, I was sorry. Sorry, like, mom, moms. Mom guilt aside, I feel like everyone who isn't, like I said, filling their cup or like full to the brim or like your battery slow or let's say you come from a bad relationship, you had a really toxic breakup. I don't like based on my experience and what I've seen with my friends, the ones who like jump into another one right away for. For like the sake of, let's say, not being alone or whatever, you end up just back in square one because like you're carrying the same energy from the last relationship. And mm -hmm. what really helped me before when I went through like a, whoa, are we in this realm of like breakups? <laughs> was like, I, yeah, I did a sabbatical. And that's what my mom actually said. She's like, you need to recharge your battery. So I spent some time alone. Like and um, for any situation, whether it's like, like I don't get an audition or like something musical or whatever. I'll just be like, oh, I feel so bad. I need to have a day where I'm just like, okay, clear my thoughts, get myself back to that, that like good vibrational frequency where I know that I'm treat. You notice this because like every day, like you go out into the world when you like smile at like the guard or the janitor, you have that extra little light and love to give. I notice I'm just like, I'm having a good day because I'm more like, or if you're singing, you catch yourself singing. Yeah, or because you could pass yeah. by, that say, yeah, you could pass by the, that, that same area and not just be like a total grump and then you yeah. end up taking it out on other people. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of recharging batteries, I actually wanted to ask Max, are you introverted or extroverted? Super. Okay, yeah. So you get your energy also from talking to other people. Yes. Like you don't really have to recharge. I love people. <laughs> I have to recharge. I, I have to recharge. Yeah, I you know, this is actually a very, very good topic and a question because with regard to feeding off other people's energy, this is, and going back to Kanina, the way you asked me about the difference between my 20s and my 30s. Yes. When I got to my 30s or my late 20s, it also kind of made me um, filter out my circle of friends. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. um, they're, you know, no matter how close... <laughs> Whoa. Oh, yes. <laughs> that hit a nerve. Yeah. <laughs> I filtered out a lot. <laughs> so, diba, like, what, if knowing that I'm the type of person that, that feeds off other people's energies and, and you know, and I, I like listening to people's stories and, you know, if, if you keep filling it up with negative stuff and, you know, there are a lot of people talaga that I cut off. And, it, you know, there's there's this a little bit of a feeling na parang, am I being a bad person by doing this? When actually, for my for my mental and emotional um, welfare, I need to cut this person off. Diba? So I, try, I, tr I really try to surround myself more with people that lift me up. Yeah. Because... When, when I'm like I said earlier, if if I'm personally feeling down already and I'm I'm letting off that energy to the world and I surround yeah. myself with even more negative, negative people, people, where yeah. am I gonna? Wh what's gonna happen? You right? see that and you feel that. And there's that saying that you are like the culmination of the five people that you, that you all hang out with, hang right? Out with. So you might yeah. as well make I totally them believe that. like yeah. fun and yeah. good people. So, but yeah. yeah, back to filtering out people. It's not that you know people are either bad or good or negative or positive. I mean, no matter you can be the nicest and most benevolent person in the world but you will never be everybody's cup of tea exactly and yeah. I not agree. everyone will be your cup of tea and you just have to know that and know that it's nothing personal we're just built differently yeah right <laughs> <laughs> no okay yeah it's a really good topic but no it, it yeah, is I, I agree and so. yeah. not even just like friendships it could just be like other aspects of your life right. that aren't working it could, for you it could be a working it could be a working relationship it could be friendships it could be common friends and yeah, it's just it's just drawing healthy boundaries. Yeah, Max. So from transitioning from being a young lady to now a mother and a mother of two, and where you are now, can you share with us some of your profound realizations? Um, well, for one, I'm sure you also know this. There are many, there there are always new realizations with being a mom because they're they're getting older. But if there's one thing that I could point out, talaga, I never realized that I have so much to give. Wow. wow. I have so much to give. <laughs> oh, you do. You and do. that's what I realized when I had my kids. Really. You know, when, when everything's like, parang you're feeling like, wala na talaga. Okay. Like, because there are moments, even, 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 until there are really some days talaga where I just feel really down. I mean, whether, even though everything is doing good naman, there, we really have our moments eh. And parang I'm all out, I'm all out. But that's what I realized after each kid there's so much for me to give and it's for them 
Yun. It's really inspiring right now. Okay. And what are the most important lessons you feel a mother can impart to her kids, at, especially during the formative early years? Um, I actually one of the things I actually mentioned it to you earlier is like, as much as I as much as I could, I want them to see in me that mm. to you know never give up on their dreams and to try if if they want to try something they should I'll encourage it. Um, number one, talaga support be eh. yeah. That's really it. You know, now especially now that my my son I have my, I have a son who's now a teenager. I, you know, he's slowly kind of like I mean he's still the sweetest boy, but there's already this distance na. You know, th- sometimes there's terms that I don't understand. So you know, and it's gonna happen. They're both gonna grow up, and I can't mold them to be what I want them to be. It's who they want to be. And that's what we're here for, it, to guide them, but not force them or to control. be, or not, not nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to, to, to differentiate those two things when you're a mom. It reminds me of that song by Khalil Gibran. Yes. Your children are not your Yes. They are, they, you are the bow and they are the arrow. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's the message. If you could require everyone in the world, like if you just had like magic and like to look into the mirror, and tell themselves one thing. What would you make everyone feel? Yeah, or like you require everyone to look in the mirror. Kind of like an affirmation. What would you make everyone tell themselves? You're beautiful. You're powerful. And you have so much to give. No, I'm just kidding. Um, wow, that's a tough one. Not, not a tough one, but that's... that's. Sorry, can we go back? Mm-hmm. I have to think about that. The power to make people... Yeah, yeah. okay. Just no, ask me again. Great. I'll just say yeah. it again. Okay. Yeah. So if you had the power to get everyone to look into the mirror right now and require them to say one thing, like the most positive affirmation, what would you make everyone say, like in the world? Um, You're beautiful, you're powerful, you are great, and nobody can do you better than yourself. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) What's next for Max Eigenman? Um, Well, I'm actually excited to say that I have several projects coming up some a lot of I mean some of which I still can't really say what they're about or who's directing or the title, but um, yeah. <laughs> I can't, okay, okay. I can't say. We like suspense. Yeah, we'll be on the lookout. But yeah, yeah I, I have several projects that I'm gonna be um, doing in the next couple of months and. Yes. Interesting rules. Yes, yeah, okay, yes, okay, yes. Okay. Then she, we, she can come back on the podcast. Yeah. Once she can talk no spoilers. It. That would yeah. be amazing. Thank you, girls. And last, thank you. Yeah, but last but not the least, favorite question How do you stay grounded? Oh my God, I'm going to go back to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's really them, talaga, guys. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I said this to you earlier. Um, but I, I think that it, it goes the same way because you were asking with regard to my career how do I stay um leveled with you know despite all the happenings with my work i think it, it's the same with life itself I, I i said this earlier i really love the magic of the mundane my the normalcy yeah. the ordinariness of the daily thing that i go through with my kids and with ants also of course i think that's really where the magic lies in, in the small things throughout your day like you have to see the miracle in every second and every day and then it goes back to being grateful one of those magical moments um, uh, two weeks ago, Massey got diagnosed with atopic dermatitis. So it's 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 nothing serious. It's just like a, um, a certain skin. breakouts. It's forever, but the, he he just has to take certain precautions with his skin. So anyway, so I w- he has this lotion that he has to put, and then medicines, different kinds of medicines for his face, for his arms, and everything. So I was explaining to him while I was rubbing him with the lotion. I was like, we're gonna have to do this every day for the next two weeks, including the medications. But the lotion is forever. He goes every day. I was like, yeah, and then he goes, yes. And I was like, what's up with that? And he goes, it's really soothing. Oh, so oh my gosh. Yeah. And then like with Sandro, for example, I'm cooking something. And then he all, every time he knows that I'm the one who's cooking, he always, every <laughs> single time, like clockwork, he will enter, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? Even though I already told him in the morning what I was planning to make. He'll just always come in and make that small talk. And I'll say, I told you this morning. I'm just asking. It smells really good. Stuff like that. Oh, you know, that's, I love that. The best. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was the last yes. question. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciated this. And we had the best time ever, right, Marika? Thank you, Max. We wish you all the best for all your projects. Thank you so much, guys. I really, really enjoyed today.
I learned a lot about myself today, honestly. Yeah. That's so great because like I was saying a while ago in the background, everyone we invite to Grounded, whether they're sharing their stories and we're writing about it or you're here on our podcast, we really want it to be a cathartic experience for you and for us because we're learning from each other and we learn more about ourselves. I really, I really loved um, the specificity of the questions, guys. Seriously. I don't think I've ever been asked questions like this and this personal. And I think that's also why I couldn't help but feel emotional. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Thank you, girls. We so loved much. it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys.